0: Welcome to the New Hope Podcast. Our mission at New Hope is to engage our city with the love of Jesus, one relationship at a time. We pray this message encourages you in encountering God's love and displaying it to your city. We hope to see you soon. Christmas is rightly um, celebrated. Oftentimes our culture probably celebrates the wrong things in which... Therefore, the popular phrase, don't forget the reason for the season came about, that the reason we gather, the reason we celebrate, the reason we give generously, and history and all these things have played and created this tradition has everything to do with Christ came and represented on Christmas. He gave everything for us. It's the beginning. He stepped in and we have seen his glory. What I want to talk about tonight, just briefly, as we look through Galatians chapter four, is what does that mean for us? Just a clear passage in Galatians 4 where Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, is just clearly explaining what Christ's coming means for us. And so beginning in verse 4, let's read together. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. If you're writing something down tonight, we're just going to write one sentence as we walk through this passage. But we begin this sentence with simply, Jesus came. When we think about Christmas, that alone, that Jesus came. That the, the God who was the Word, who was before all time, who was in all time, before even time, space, matter existed. Scripture says that Christ was, that God was. But at just the right time. Not a day too early, not a day too late, but God in His sovereignty had set the time from the beginning of the world that He had this time in mind and when just at the rightness of time, the fullness of time, the completion of time, not completion in the sense that time no longer exists because we're still in time, but at the exact moment, God sent His Son, born of the woman and born under the law. But why did His... Did he send his son? When we begin to think about the gospel story, Christ's coming is, in, in one sense, it is just the beginning. Now, his coming and his birth is important. But in one sense, his birth is no is not really all that different than you and I in the sense that we were all born. Now, he was born like no other because we do believe he was born of a virgin. And that's huge to recognizing his deity and recognizing who Christ is. And so, yes, he was born like no other. But in one sense, that Christ's coming just in and of itself was not sufficient for the purpose of His coming. Why did He come? Jesus came, verse 5 goes on to say, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus came, to simply simply phrase it, to save us. That Jesus came to save us. He came to redeem us, those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. When we begin to think about adoption using modern day ideas, we can see pictures of it. We see pictures of it in my own family, and I'm grateful for all of my kids, and I'm grateful in the beauty and the picture of, of Ella being a part of our family through adoption. But a picture of adoption gives a picture clearly of what it's trying to be communicated. Because there was a moment in Ella's life where she was not a part of our family. That was not true for Samuel and Levi. But there was a part where Ella was not born into our family. There was a moment where she was not. But through adoption, she is now a part of our family. That she is loved. That she is cared for. That she has an inheritance. She has our name. She has our identity in that sense of family. And Jesus came to save us, In this picture of adoption, this picture here of salvation, is yes, to redeem us from our sin. Ephesians 2 says that he has taken us from death into life, from under his wrath to under his grace, because of his just and holiness. But it's not just a picture of just status as far as where we are in sin, it's a picture of Family. That Christ came to save us, and the text here is explaining that salvation is that He has adopted us. That once we were not a part of the family because of sin, that we were born into sin, therefore we were born separated from Him. But Christ came not to leave us as we are, but to reach us and meet us right where we are, but loved us too much to leave us there and then adopted us and brought us into His family. What does it mean for Christ to save us? It means a lot of things, but this text is just simply saying it means to redeem us and to adopt us into his family. Jesus came to save us. Verse 6 And because you are sons and daughters, here it's plural. That the Greek and the plural here, it's sons, it's in the masculine, which is often done in languages that have um, uh, male and female uh, gender within uh, the language. So it's masculine, so it's translated literally sons, but it's representative of all mankind. Sons and daughters. Because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Jesus came to save us so that we would worship him. Notice that He saved us, He adopted us, and then He has placed His Spirit within us. That His Spirit within us now, redeeming our hearts and giving us new life, that we're new creations in Him. Therefore, our hearts will worship Him. Our hearts cry out to Him, Abba, Father. And I love here, the picture of worship is a picture of intimate relationship. Now, I... I, I don't want to be sacrilegious and, or weird when I say this, but when my kids cry out to me, they're not worshiping me, but, they, but when they cry out, this Father, this is a language of, of trust and of goodness. It's a language of knowing that I have their best interest in mind and knowing that I care for them, knowing that I love them, knowing that yet still I am the authoritative leader in their lives in a way. And so when we cry out, Abba, Father, yes, it is worshiping Him as Lord and King. But it's not worshiping someone who's distant. It's worshiping someone who's drawn or drew near to us. It's the beauty of a God who is transcendent, which that's a fancy word that just means that He is above all things. But He's also a God who is imminent. Emmanuel, God with us. That Christ did not, at the right time, when the time had come, He did not just stay off a distance from us, but He drew near to us. He came near to us, born just simply of a woman under the law, born of a baby, as a baby, put in a manger. But he came to save us so that we would worship him. And verse seven, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Jesus came to save us so that we would worship him and be with him forever. It was a rescue mission. That Christ had created us for himself. He has created us, and God created us in the beginning. In Genesis 1, he created mankind to be with him, to worship him, to live life with him. But because of sin, Scripture says that relationship is broken. And then from the moment in Genesis 3 that sin entered in the world, that God then was on a rescue mission to save us. And he gave his own life in order to do so. That He loves you so much that He did not just keep His distance. He did not even go, hey, well, good luck coming back into my family. But instead, I will pay the ransom. I will do whatever is necessary. I will come to save you, to rescue you, to redeem you. So that you would, yes, worship me as you were created unto do. That you're from the beginning, you were created to do. And that you could be with me forever. What is eternal life? What is heaven What is salvation? What is the reward of these things? Rightfully so, as we teach Scripture, we recognize and we believe tough, difficult teachings that are hard sometimes for us to comprehend and swallow, that God in His holiness and justness cannot tolerate sin. So yes, therefore, we believe hell is a very real place. And as we preach the gospel that Christ came to redeem us from our own sin, we, we often talk about Christ has come to save us from that wrath and has come to save us from hell. But we're missing the most vital part of that salvation is he's not just saving us from something, but he's saving us to something. And it is to be with him forever. It is to be a part of his family. It is to have relationship. It is to be with him. The greatest reward of our salvation is Christ himself. It's not just forgiveness, but what forgiveness brings, and that is life with him. And so in this moment, as we celebrate Christmas, yes, I pray this week that you have incredible time with family. I pray that tonight you're having an enjoyable time with family. Yes, I pray that we can enjoy and recognize and even laugh as we did at this video of the beauty of this truth. But this is not a truth to laugh at in above itself. But it's a truth to celebrate, it's a truth to recognize that all of us are needing salvation. And if you're in here tonight, I just want to encourage you that Christ loved you so much that not only did He, as we will talk about at Easter and, and every Sunday as we gather in here, not only did He just die for us, but He took that first step and He came to us. Let's never miss the beauty of simply Christmas. The reason for the season is that Christ came. He came. How many times have you been in a situation in life where you just wish someone would have reached out to you? How many times you've just kind of been maybe discouraged in the power and the beauty of just someone reaching out and giving a word of encouragement? Or someone who you know as a family member or a close friend who knows you well enough to know that you're struggling and they reach out to go, Hey, I see that you're down. How can I help you? How can I encourage you? We recognize the, 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 uh, what that means to us. And that illustration will never fully be able to explain this reality that you and I are in desperate need of salvation. That even before Christ, that whether you realize it or not, that we are looking for salvation in something. We are looking for something to be the Lord of our life, even if it is ourself. But the question is, can that Lord actually save you? Can that Lord redeem you? But Christ recognizing that there was nothing in creation nor nothing in us that we could do in order to be made right with him. He came to save us so that we would worship him as he created us to do. And so that we could be with him forever. This is the good news of the gospel. And I pray as we celebrate Christmas, I pray as we celebrate this season, and even tonight, as we worship, as we celebrate, as we laugh, as we have fun, as we have fellowship, as we give gifts, let us never forget that God gave his son for us because he loved us so much. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life for us. Jesus, we're grateful that you came. We're grateful that you stepped out of glory. You humbled yourself. And you laid in a manger. That you were, even in the moment of birth, that even then you were rejected by man. It's a foreshadow of what would happen over 30 years later, when, you were, when mankind rejected you once again and crucified you on the cross. But it is our sin of rejecting you that causes us to be separated by you. But it was also the moment when you lovingly laid down your life. That when we rejected you again by crucifying you on the cross. It was actually that act of humility and grace that would actually allow us to be saved through you. So Father, I pray over this room tonight and I pray that hearts would not reject you once again tonight. That hearts would instead worship you. Holy Spirit, would you do a redeeming work in this room tonight? Jesus, you are good. And once again tonight, would you, in a very real and supernatural way, will you come into hearts as Scripture says here in Galatians 4, that you have saved us in the Holy Spirit lives in us, crying out, Abba, Father. So Holy Spirit, would you redeem hearts tonight? Would you awaken hearts? Would you allow people to find their salvation in you? Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, it all began in the cradle. It all began in a manger. It then went to a cross But praise the Lord that through Christ's resurrection and through his ascension, he now has a crown. And that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And so we worship you as that tonight, Jesus. And we worship you knowing that you promised to come again. But you will not come in a manger, but you'll come as a victorious king. And for that, we worship you. For that, we thank you. For that, we give our lives to you. So Jesus, I pray blessings over this church family. Pray blessings over all that. This season means for us. We worship you now and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is New Hope NYC. Our website is newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.